Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today we have a third time returning guest, Ben Chong. And originally I asked him to come on just to talk about uh, the new intro music, the music that you're listening to and hearing right now, um, and how he goes about making music, producing music, and his entire process. But we actually get more into his daily life as a physical therapist. Many of you might not realize that physical therapists are on the front line fighting COVID-19 as well. So thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. We have a third time visitor, Mr. Ben Chong. What's up, Ben? Hey, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. No, thank you for being on. Um, for those of you who missed it, Ben was, his first appearance was on the Zealand episode because Ben is a drummer for Zealand. And he, we had him on uh, separately as a solo, uh, solo guest a uh, second time just to have a chat about kind of his passion with music. And today uh, we're, we're talking with Ben because if you guys hadn't noticed, we had a sweet new intro today. Um, the original intro that I had is actually just one of those uh, stock. Uh, is it is that the right term? Stock? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Stock. yeah. From uh, Anchor, the platform that I use. So uh, it wasn't customized or anything. It was literally I just kind of went through the list and said, oh, this sounds all right. And I chose it. So it didn't really ever have that customized me feel. Um, and I actually alluded to this. Uh, back in January when I did the recap of 2019 that I was going I was working uh, with someone on uh, getting new theme music. And now I can reveal to you that that person was Ben and we've been <laughs> kind of uh, talking and he's been helping me. Oh, well, I mean, helping is an understatement because he, he created the whole thing. So thank you for further intro. But um, before we get into kind of your process and your music creation, uh, just, I guess process is the right word. I wanted to talk to you about kind of how you're doing now because we chatted a little bit before we started recording and man, I, there were, you're going through a lot of things that I, I was like completely unaware of and I apologize for that, but yeah, <laughs> if, if we can kind of just yeah, talk about how you're doing um, during these unprecedented times with uh, COVID-19, COVID um, especially because I didn't know this, but uh, physical therapists, right? You guys, uh, your work is considered essential and you guys are actually a lot more involved in com combating this uh, uh, disease than I, I thought. So could you kind of just uh, uh, walk us through how, how you've been doing? Yeah, uh, it's, been a, it's been a crazy month for me. Uh, just a lot of uh, processing, you know, through myself, my family, my work situation, and um, yeah, it's it's been pretty stressful. I'm not gonna lie; it's been it's been tough to kind of handle everything that's going on with, you know, because I didn't know as much as you did, like that physical therapy was essential, especially the line of work that I'm doing is um, 
definitely necessary, but I didn't see that before. Because, you know, um, when all this kind of happened about a month ago, it's been uh, no one, not even researchers or scientists, still don't know really what the pattern is like. There's no Mm -hmm. vaccine yet. Um, So, yeah, all of this unknown just kind of throws a lot of fear. And um, so it's been pretty stressful. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people kind of, passed over physical therapy and um and me myself included is i mean didn't know how much of covid19 i was going to be exposed to yeah so especially for you because um as a physical therapist you're not just always at a hospital right you're actually going to your patients homes and helping them through physical therapy there right so what's that? Yeah, so, like? um, <laughs> man, it is, it's pretty scary because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're walking into. You don't know, um, where the person's been, what family members are walking in and out of the doors or what, you know, what diseases and not even COVID-19, you know, this is just, right. just going into someone's home environment without you knowing is it's pretty scary um and um but i will say you know as much as i'm scared i can only imagine how scared the patient is too <laughs> you know just having a, a stranger just come into their home and um so yeah the, there's obviously different settings for physical therapy there's you know the the typical outpatient clinic you know where if you have like a shoulder injury you can go to a clinic i think those actually never mind uh i think that's still essential too but the line of physical therapy that i'm doing is going into people's homes and basically when people leave the hospital um they either go you know to a rehab center and most of them usually go home and you know most people have the the notion that once people leave the hospital people are you are better, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, most people who get home are still struggling from whatever. I think hospitals, their protocol is get patients out as soon as possible because hospitals are at increased risk for infection right. um, too. So they just want to get people home. So that doesn't necessarily mean they're 100% better. So who are the people treating them? when they go home and it's home care it's nurses pts ot's um, home health aides and all the above and we're going in and basically helping them out with whatever they need wow so with with the whole covid-19 case is you know i know the the majority of the um you know, highlight is over doctors and nurses because they are the actually, they are the actual frontline workers, literally battling um, this whole pandemic and this whole craze. Um, but then, what happens after? What you know? What happens when a COVID nineteen 
Hey, sorry guys, we had kind of a spotty connection there. Um, we we had to restart the recording, but so yeah, Ben, you were talking about how kind of um, the frontline workers are considered, you know, the nurses and the doctors actually treating the COVID patients, but there is a handoff that happens when they are discharged from the hospitals. And if you want to take it yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think primary care includes you know all the medical doctors whether it's you know the pulmonologist which is the lung doctor Mm -hmm. you know the kidney doctor everyone everyone who needs to see the patient too and then you obviously have the nurses um but i think you know when when you talk about overall movement and getting up and walking I think that's when physical therapists come in too. And um, I think respiratory therapists too, which is not really related to PTs, but um, there are also ones in the whole care process for the patient too. And so when COVID-19 patients get discharged, it's not like they're 100% ready to go again. Um, Most likely they'll have some underlying conditions that are still lingering from you know the whole effects of what COVID-19 does to someone's body and um, you know who are they who are going to be the ones that take care of them and it's most likely going to be the home health care team and so I've already been exposed to two patients specifically Um, I don't know if I mentioned that before but um, it's been uh, yeah it's been pretty stressful it's been pretty scary but um uh luckily i have the equipment to uh treat these patients safely and properly yeah so for the two covid patients that you are visiting are are they requiring pt physical therapy because like as a result of recovering from covid or is that kind of a separate thing where they just need physical therapy but they also happen to be recovering from covid19 yeah, um, I think I think the most severe cases that have happened are the patients that are being intubated, which means they're being placed on ventilators. They're most likely being sedated. Um, and surprisingly, both of my patients um, have been on ventilators for about two weeks now, and that's just them doing nothing just you know most likely out sedated and just completely you know bedridden Mm. for two weeks and i mean two weeks is a really long time of you not moving at all and so what most likely happens is you forget you get a lot weaker you forget how to walk you forget how to just move around just basic things and the two patients that i've seen um the most common thing that i've seen is they're short of breath um doing simple things like standing up at a sink or um, you know cooking cleaning even just bending over to tie their shoes or something so that's been the number one common thing. The second thing is their legs just feel really weak. 
so it's it's just the residual effects of not doing anything for two weeks being on a ventilator being sedated and just being bedridden um that does a whole bunch uh to your body um detrimentally so that's where we come in and just kind of um help them with their endurance um strengthening to just teaching them how to basically walk again uh without falling um and just giving them confidence and then yeah, that's the hardest part is when someone returns home whether they're a covid patient or not uh after a long bout of being in the hospital it's always hard for them to get in their home environment because they see their home environment and they think in their head that they can do everything that they used to do but since they've been out for so long and they're just drained of energy um, they're weak they're short of breath um, that's where physical therapists especially home health pts that's where we can come in and just gradually expose them to basically their normal life right and i'm sure there's a lot of frustration involved with their mind thinking i used to do this all the time it shouldn't be an issue but their body not really cooperating because the deterioration of the strength and energy Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of my job too is just coaching too. Basically, saying you're doing okay, you're doing fine. You've only been home for whatever amount of days. Just give it time, give it patience, and you know that's the that's the ten percent of physical therapy that um, I. I enjoy most is, you know, the actual motivation part of it besides the actual, you know, what I went to school for right. basically. So, um, it's been, it's been good, um, to give them hope, but at the same time, it's like, it's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Especially because, you know, when this whole COVID-19 thing broke out for nurses and doctors, they probably almost immediately realized that, well, whatever way this thing pans out, I'm going to have to be involved, right? But like you were saying, you don't really think PT is, PTs are going to be necessary in the recovery process for these patients. But so how did that kind of impact you mentally, right? Thinking, not really thinking that you would have to be on the front line, but immediately finding yourself in the front line. Did, did that have any sort of mental toll on you or anything? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was definitely alluding to um, how I've been feeling, uh, and it's it's just fear. You don't you don't know who has it. You don't know if you have it. Once you leave someone's house, you don't know who you're going to spread it to. Um, so, I mean, to put it simply, I've been scared. I mean, it's gotten better. Uh, now that I've actually had the exposure to it, but in the beginning, it was really scary. And um, going back to it earlier when we were talking about, you know, I didn't know PT was essential. And I was expecting my company to shut down. 
because hmm. um, most of my patient population is um, the elderly, the the people with underlying medical conditions, high risk people, basically. And um, I thought we were going to shut down, and I was expecting them to, but essentially they were doing the opposite. Um, meaning we were actually treating the COVID-19 patients and I was really frustrated. I was really angry. Um, you know, I kept thinking to myself, why is, why are we still going out? Why are we still, you know, putting our lives at risk? And if not, why are we putting other people's lives at risk? And I was just real frustrated thinking this is all for money. This is all, you know, just corrupt. And, um, and I was just really angry, just really frustrated with my company. And it didn't switch uh, my mindset until my boss was actually going out to you. And mm. when I saw my boss going out, um, I figured, Maybe it's a lot more. Um, I think people, when they initially sense any kind of fear, um, a lot of people tend to turn away, which I include myself too. But then I think, if anything, my mindset was I was introduced to this fear. I wanted to run away, but I was almost forced to face it head on, which I'm doing exactly. I mean, I. 100% don't have it as bad as the actual frontline workers who are, you know, are face to face with um, active COVID-19 patients, but it's still, I mean, really scary. Um, oh, sure. So I'm, I'm doing a lot better now, but if you would ask me like two or three weeks ago, and I was a mess and just wasn't happy at all very scared too. So, I mean, um, I'm currently living in my basement. My parents are upstairs and I haven't been in contact with them since about a month. And they've been feeding me dinner <laughs> through like, uh, through this door here. Uh, they just get, bring me a little plate and then I enter through a different way. I exit through a different way. Um, and it's been it's been tough just to kind of just keep everyone safe, mm. um, keep everyone sane. But yeah. I mean, thank God that I've been okay. I've been yeah. safe. I have the necessary equipment. Um, so I just you know I'm praying and hoping that the frontline workers who are have it worse than I do. I hope they're staying safe and I hope, um, yeah, I just hope this whole thing comes to a resolve because yeah, is, yeah. uh, I can just sense a lot of fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and th there are two things that I can really feel for you on. One thing is when the whole lockdown quarantine issue came down, the first thing me and my wife said to each other is, I'm so glad we're married because having to go into lockdown or quarantine while we were dating 
it would have been so hard because you know that's it pretty much throws you into kind of a long distance type of relationship right where you even if you do meet with each other you know there's social distancing that you have to adhere to and especially for your situation like you can't even see your parents and you're in the same house but to like meet up with your girlfriend and things like that uh that that would be very difficult and the second thing is i remember when i met my niece for the first time i remember how deeply i fell in love with her you know um yeah like having a sibling's uh, being able to like love on a sibling's child it's it's like a very new thing right and, and so you fall into both those categories you have a girlfriend um and you have you have a, a nephew um who's what not not even is he seven six months seven months seven months yeah seven months yeah so not being able to see your girlfriend that often and i imagine you can virtually not even see your nephew at all right like that yeah <laughs> How's that? That that must be so tough. I can only imagine. Yeah, man, it is tough. Uh, Jess and I were joking around. Um, and we're just saying, what's the first thing you want to do when you know all of this is crazy? Yeah. And Jess goes, I just want to touch you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I we just want to like hug each other and mm-hmm. you know just be in close proximity with each other. Um, if not virtually, you know, obviously we have the FaceTime and the Zoom. So, um, but it's not the same thing, man. For sure. And uh, I think, um, you know, I think both of us just had it probably about the third weekend. And then um, I just, it was like, let's just see each other, but we'll make sure we'll keep our distance. So I've actually gone to see her. I made sure it was outside. And then um, we went fishing. I probably think that's like, probably the safest way so um you know we're trying to make ends meet and Mm. you know still keeping our relationship alive Mm. but uh just trying to follow the guidelines and protocols and stuff so we make do Mm. we try our best to you know keep our relationship even with you know turmoil right and how was it not being able to see your nephew because having a 10-month-old myself, I know how fast they're growing. And, you know, like every day you don't see yeah. them, you're, you're missing out, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's been tough, you know, because when, when you see a, a baby, you know, all you just want to do is, like, hold them. And um, it's been tough not to be able to... Um, yeah, even hold him and, you know, be in close proximity with him. And um, have you seen those Instagram videos where, you know, they bring a newborn baby to their grandmas and they show them through the, through the outside window and things? That's been like me too, <laughs> except, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just doing it just for, for their safety and, um yeah, it's been it's been tough. Yeah. It's been pretty tough. Man, I'm I'm really glad we we had this conversation because coming into it, literally right up until we started recording, I thought this conversation was just more going to be about you know the intro music that you made for me. But I, it's I'm so yeah. glad to hear what you're going through. Um, first, because I I had no idea, and now I know we can pray for you. Um, we can help you know. 
whatever ways we can, we can try to support you. Um, just because like you, I don't want to downplay the importance of like the healthcare providers that are, um, you know, doctors and nurses treating the COVID patients. But I also don't want to lose sight of the important work that you're doing and the, the personal sacrifices that you're having to make um, as a PT. Um, so if, if you didn't know about it, you know, I'm sure there are so many other people out there who have no idea the important work that um, PTs, especially the, what do you call the home care PTs? Yeah, home care. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the home health nurses, you have home health occupational therapists, you have home health resp respiratory therapists, you have home health aides, then you have the caregivers that yeah. are taking care of, you know, there's a whole a whole line that, you know, deserves a little bit more, um, I guess, a little bit more highlight. Because, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're kind of like the back supporters, backbones of of patients and um yeah it's kind of like a whole different side of of what we see that's going on in the media and um i didn't yeah like you said i didn't know either so it's been it's been eye-opening but it's been uh a good experience i think <laughs> yeah man we're, we're definitely going to be praying for you and uh you know i i hope you reach out to people um whenever you need Know, help or whenever you need anything. Um, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm talking personally now, but yeah, if you ever need anything, bro, just let me know. I, I would love to support and help in any way that I can. And again, I want to, I actually yeah, do want to apologize for having no idea that you were going through all this. Because <laughs> I, I know when this first broke out, we did have a conversation about you saying, oh yeah, I'm still working. And it is kind of tough because you know, I don't know whose houses we're going into or not, but yeah, man, it's, I didn't know that it was to this level. Um, so yeah, thank you for all that you're doing. And so are you, are you just, can we see around your uh, basement a little bit here? Like th this is where you're living now? Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, let me pull out my video real quick. <laughs> um, so luckily, uh, we have, um, Basically, this is when you walk into the house, this is basically the main level. You don't have to go any up any stairs. Um, so we have um, um, this door, which is the uh, alleyway to the main bedroom and kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that door there is the garage. So that's where my parents are coming through. And then the yeah, stairs there, they'll come drop off food, um, basically at right there where this bag is. Mm. And then I make sure to keep that close just to remind them. And then I have uh, basically a bar pretty much here. Got the coffee there. And then, um, so I have food here, yeah. water, snacks, water. And then um, got entertainment, um, TV, switch couch nice. to sit on and then um my little work workstation area and then this is the door that i go through mm, um, i have uh yeah and then i have wipes there so i can disinfect every time i come in and then uh, my bedroom is through this way wow 
and then uh, got my bathroom in there. So yeah, pretty, pretty neat setup, luckily. Yeah. Um, oops. And then, um, yeah. Wow. But I mean, it, it's, pro I'm sure it's not as comfortable as just being in the main part of the house and being, you know, where you're normally at, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it sucks. Cause like, you know, when they're laughing upstairs, like, I'm like, man, like I wonder, I wish I could, you know, just join them. Yeah. But I mean, we'll still have conversations. We'll go on walks um, every now and then uh, just to make sure we keep our distance too. Mm -hmm. So, man, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that's been happening within the past month, but uh, I think, I think I'm getting used to it. Yeah. So then, let me ask you, this might be a controversial question because um, there's a lot of talk from both sides of the issue here, but governor Kemp, the governor of Georgia, he actually said that he wants to start reopening the economy starting. Well, when people are listening to this, it would have already happened um, this Friday, right? So if you're listening to this on Saturday, when it's released yesterday, um, I think uh, restaurants like hair salons, like there are parts of businesses that are starting to open and more are going to start opening on Monday and things like that. Do you have an opinion? Like as a, you know, PT as, as the, I mean, I consider you frontline health worker. Do you have an opinion about that? Yeah, I think, I think it's way too soon, man. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's way too early. I think it's eager uh, for the governor to uh, make those uh, claims and statements. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I look at the numbers every day, how many cases there are and how many deaths and it keeps rising. And um, I, I mainly disagree because I think we haven't reached the peak yet um, as of today. Right. And I think, I think it would make more sense if we started to see a decline um, and I mean a drastic decline and he, you know, put out those orders. But, um, and if you look at the list that he specifically put out, besides maybe gyms, a lot of those are um, close contact hmm. things. Like, you know, whether it's haircutting places, uh, nail salons, beauty supplies, shops, and even bowling alleys too, and even gyms, you know, he even put out like saying, you know, even though we're opening these things, you know, there's still going to be strict guidelines, but I mean, I'm driving out on the road every day um, and there's still so many people out. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, yeah, I just think it's way too early and for me to say that as a healthcare worker, um, I think at one, it saves them from, or reversing back, I think we have to, we can't overload our hospital and health, healthcare system. Yeah. And I think that's been, that's been happening because 
you know, people aren't social distancing, distancing as much as they need to. People aren't following necessary guidelines. Um, and I think it's overloading healthcare systems and it's, I think it's going to be worse in my opinion. And I think people are so eager to go out and I think it's going to give them an excuse to go out. And I think there's going to be more positive cases that are going to happen. Hmm. So, um, you know, I told my parents uh, initially because they probably don't understand as well, but I think if you do listen to this and you do planning on going out, I would stay home even more um, just because, yeah, I think we're at our peak right now. I don't, I don't think we even hit our peak yet. So I just think it's way too early. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you added that because especially because our parents are immigrants that might not, I mean, I, I know your, your parents are pretty good with English, but just first generation immigrants, they tend to be less in the know of, you know, what's kind of happening um, in the, kind of in the news cycle and things like that. So um, our parents might not really know as much as we do. So I think it's important that whatever we do know, we make it a point to relate to our parents, to let them know, to educate them. Um, because I know one big thing is uh, Governor Kent was talking about reopening churches. And church for Korean Americans in Atlanta, Georgia, is a huge part of their lives, right? Uh, a lot of Thanks. our parents, most of their social contact, their social circles are within churches. Um, so, yeah, if we don't really let them know some of the risks that um, are attached to going to big, you know, fellowship gatherings and things like that right now, um, then they probably won't know at all. So I think it's important to educate our parents as much as we can. Um, if you're listening and you yeah. have parents that are first generation please let them know some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Touche. Touche. <laughs> yeah. And I know I, I kind of wanted to talk about that because I don't know if the mic is catching this right outside my window. I'm on the third floor, but on the outside I, I there can. are, you, you can hear people like yelling. I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, those, <laughs> those are neighbors outside arguing. Um, they're talking about whether governor Kemp uh, made the right call or not. And, I, I I wish there's something I could do to uh, quiet them <laughs> down, but they're they're like yelling um, and uh, loudly discussing their their opinions and thoughts. Um, so I know it's on the at the forefront of many Georgia residents. So I, I wanted to get yeah. your opinion of that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, I just I definitely see the other side of it too. You know of. Um, go back to your recent release of uh, the local 1200 challenge. You know, some people's lives are, are solely based on their businesses. And I can see, see that. But at which point are you crossing the line between, you know, um, I don't know, livelihood versus money. And right. it's, it's, it's a, tricky situation to be in yeah for sure i mean i don't claim to know um what the actual because i have been reading for 
there are rural areas in the country where the number of cases is very low. Uh, there are some counties that have maybe one case of coronavirus and they're being locked down. And their argument is we don't really even have corona here. And our rural community, we're seeing upwards of 70% unemployment, people who have absolutely no income. We need a way to survive. So I can definitely sympathize with people um, in those situations. But I think at least for us specifically in Atlanta, Georgia, in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia, we definitely have a lot of cases. We have to be very careful. We can't take the virus lightly. And yeah, and I'm think, thanks for bringing up the, 12, lo, the local 1200 challenge because um, <laughs> my solution to this tricky situation was, well, if these people are suffering financially, um, why don't I try to help them in any way that I can to alleviate their pains so that their need, their desire to reopen the economy can be alleviated a little bit. Obviously, I mean, I can't do, uh, it's not going to, you know, be a cure-all, but, you know, in every little way we can, I think we should be looking to um, helping support our neighbors in our, in our community. Yeah. So, yeah, um, if, if you don't mind, Ben, uh, I actually wanted to shift gears a little bit, or actually shift gears wholly um, to... <laughs> the topic of the intro music. I'm very, very excited about it because um, the way that you have it set up, it actually gives me uh, more room to talk about the content of the episode because um, all previous episodes is literally just me saying, hey guys, you know, welcome to this episode. And this episode's title is this. And that was it. But now I can get more of a synopsis of what we talk about and, and things like that. So thank you for that. And um, I remember when we first talked about this, uh, we sat down together. You uh, let me listen to a bunch of different music samples to get a feel for what type of intro I wanted. Um, so it's, it's highly customized. The sound um, that you made is really what I wanted. And, and I'm sure that was because, you know, we were able to sit down and talk about you know, like what I liked, what I didn't like, and things like that. And, and there was a lot of back and forth. It, it wasn't like you just said, oh, okay, I, I think I know what you want. And you just disappeared. And then you came out with, with the sound. We actually had a lot of, hey, I worked on this. How does this sound? And I would give you feedback. And you would say, okay, cool. And it, it was a very collaborative process, right? So uh, I wanted to get kind of your, if we could get an insider's look and your process of you know music creation and how you kind of go about doing it and yeah all, all of that yeah <laughs> i remember that day too um i that was a good good meetup day because i think i learned a little bit about you as well um i think yeah music is a very powerful tool to uh get into somebody's liking and in their minds and you know what they're all about what kind of energy and vibrations they give off um so <clears throat> i remember that day where i was just basically just trying to find what my mindset was um what kind of style uh what kind of not even just genre type, it was just more of what energy is he giving off 
as a person and what um, is he clinging towards when I was scrolling through the different samples too. So um, it was uh, a necessary process for me to just kind of know what direction I was headed towards. So um, once I got a good, good feel of what you were trying to go for, I remember uh, just listening to a lot of your podcasts. I, I needed to get a good idea of what style of music I needed to kind of create uh, based on what, you know, themes were going on in your podcast through a couple episodes or what kind of messages you're giving off and just the whole vibe of, I hope they hear this podcast. And so I felt like I get a good idea of that. And um, then came just, I remember I made seven samples and I sent them all to you, just like little 15 second samples. And um, I said, please choose the top three. And uh, you sent me back the three. And then uh, from there, I really, really honed in of how I could uh, customize the sound for your liking. And basically, um, when I was producing the song, um, I wanted to capture the energy that you give off as a person, which is very uh, jolly. It's very, um, what do you call it, witty, I would say. It's very uh, just jovial. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, you've had episodes where you've gone to a lot of deep stuff with people too. So I wanted to create something that captured all those emotions in one song. And um, for me, when I approach uh, a song and when I try to produce it, it all depends on the sound. So um, it was just hours and hours of me just scrolling through sounds and uh, trying to pick a good sound, um, a good melody too. And um, I came across that sound and uh, then came like a process of, okay, what key should I? So it was just an extensive process. And then um, I remember I sent it to you and then you're like, I like these two. And we narrowed it down to basically two. And then, um, and then I would just went full force with it. I think I spent like at least two months on it. And then, yeah, it was uh, a pretty, pretty extensive process. But um, I think, yeah, we, we did it. <laughs> yeah. No, and the, the thing I really like about it is that because you solicited my uh, opinion and my feedback so often it the sound wasn't just one of those things where oh I, I got this song from somebody who had it on his shelf it really felt it really does feel like um, a part of me is in the song um, and like I, I can really relate to it and all the emotions that you were talking about you know like still trying to uh, trying to convey like that jovial sense but also like 
uh, some of the times that we get pretty deep, you know, like actually yeah. in the beginning of this <clears throat> podcast, um, uh, that was really deep stuff that we, we were talking about. So, um, yeah, I, I really, I love that I got to work with you on it. And I'm going to give you, I mean, hey, are you taking new customers or new clients? Of course. <laughs> yeah, let me give you a plug then. Guys, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, he's super, super nice, uh, super easy to work with. And he did all this while he was going through everything with COVID-19. You know, so, um, I mean, gosh, if I knew, I, I would have definitely, you know, said, you know, don't even worry about it for another month or so. But I'm sorry, I, I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so just kind of the level of dedication um, this guy has, it's, it's great. So guys, if you need uh, new intro music um, for your podcast or just any music at all, um, this guy, uh, great producer. So please reach out to, please reach out to him. Um, and let's, you know, let's give a shout out to uh, uh, Daniel Pei as well, because he, he makes a sneaky yeah. little cameo <laughs> in the intro. Yeah. Um, so. I guess to go a little bit more in the song, um, most producers or beat makers, there's actually a, a big difference. A producer isn't just a beat maker. Um, I think a producer, a good producer will create something and know what parts to put in based on what the consumer or the, um, the person is wanting. And, um, so, uh, when I created the song, um, I was like, man, something, something's missing. It needs that, like that live instrumentation. It needs something live, whether it's a live piano or something, acoustic guitar. And then, um, Daniel pay, AKA payday. Um, him and I have a very, very similar, uh, attraction towards a certain type of, sound and i know he's very detailed and syncopated as i am so all i did was just take a snippet of the song and i just sent it to him and i was like just do you and um i think it took him like an hour for him to send it back to me and i was like this is it and i kid you not he um sent me a message back saying like hey i sent it hope you like it i made it a little bit more witty and so that's how i knew we're on the same page wow so um yeah he's uh he's a great guy yeah very good at guitar too yeah you know what's funny um he he is the one member of zealand that didn't make it out to that recording that one time but I feel like we we're constantly talking about him. So he's kind of like the unheard and unseen contributor to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, um, you know, he's not a guy that is going to want attention, but he has the most genuine heart to serve people. And he just loves, loves on people and wants the best for them. So. He's a great guy. We need you need to get him on here. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually. Uh, I want to do a round two with the entire uh, Zealand cast. 
Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you know what'd be really cool if uh, you know how occasionally you guys go on kind of your recording uh, day long trips or whatever it is. Yeah. It'd be cool if you guys carved out like an hour during those trips, and I'll just make a quick appearance and we get an insider look at how you guys make music. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I'd be so down for that, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Ben, I I just want to say thank you so much. Um for you know everything that you do um just hearing about everything you're going through man i feel i really feel for you um my offer to help out in any way i can stands always so please feel free to reach out um if you ever need anything from the community from from our listeners uh, i'm more than happy to uh jump on another podcast uh, even if it's like a short one um to kind of talk mm. about what you're going through always down for that um thank you for the intro music I really, I, I feel <laughs> like my podcast is becoming more of my own um, instead of something borrowed, which is kind of what I felt for the longest time. Um, and it, it actually wow. fulfills kind of the, the first part of the promise I made um, in the 2019 recap intro music. And rest assured listeners, I am working with someone else on the, the look and logo feel of the podcast. So um, that will, that is, uh, that is to come. Ben, is there anything else that, uh, um, you're going to talk about that we missed like, that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, man, I can't really think of anything. Yeah, man. But again, this conversation was so good. Um, gosh, I, I had no idea. PTs, you guys are, yeah, it's, it's literally a handoff, you know, like, for for the severe patients who aren't moving for weeks um they're because right honestly right now we don't really even know about the contagiousness of a recovering patient right um there are even i've even heard stories of people who were already sick with corona have recovered and got COVID 19 again so um we don't even really know what's happening there um so i'm sure you guys are going into it um, knowing that there is risk, obviously, you know, because, you know, you've pretty much cut yourself off from, you know, all your loved ones, family and friends. Um, so um, thank you for making that sacrifice. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, reach out to other PT friends and, and show them my appreciation as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate, um, you know, the the support and the encouragement. and yeah, it's been tough, but I know that we're all going to get through it. Um, everyone just be safe, be smart, um, know the guidelines, um, keep social distancing. I think that's so, so important. And, um, you know, for those of you who are staying at home, um, be grateful and don't don't take this time for granted. I feel like I really feel the Lord is working a lot of his ministry through this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I think God has really basically carved out this time for, for anyone who is looking for him or searching for him. And I feel like you have nothing but time uh, for those of you who are staying at home and uh, for those of you who are staying at home, 
but are going through a tough time, whether it's dealing with depression or anxiety or maybe even the abuse, like praying for you guys and um, just know that um, we're all going to get through this together. And uh, if you guys are, don't feel afraid to, to reach out to a friend or a buddy. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like I needed to say that um, out there because um, I know that a lot of people are staying home, but I know that people who are staying home might be going through um, any of a tougher time. So um, yeah, just keep being smart, keep being safe, and we're going to get through this together. So yeah, bro. Yeah. Hey man, th- thanks so much for that. If, if you guys um, are listening and yeah, like Ben was saying, if you're going through anything and you need any, and you just need someone to talk to, um, yeah, I'm always down to talk to people. Um, so please feel free to reach out, whether it's uh, to have a conversation or if you just have any feedback you want to give us on this episode, or if you want to you know, show Ben your, your appreciation, please feel free to send any messages to my email at ishthtpodcast at gmail.com or through Instagram at I hope to hear this or on Twitter at ishthtpodcast. And if you want to see the cool little tour that uh, Ben gave us of his uh, basement living <laughs> situation, uh, check, check out the video on YouTube. Uh, just search, uh, I hope to hear this. Um, and yeah, I, I'm going to uh, tag Ben in the photo that I released with this uh, podcast episode. So if you actually want to reach out to him directly and just you know say thanks, um, just let him know that you're thinking of him and just give him some words of encouragement please, please, I encourage you to do that. Um, yeah, so follow me on Instagram to, to, to make sure that you, you know who to direct those messages to. Yeah. So yes. Ben, yeah, Ben, thank you so much for being on. And man, we're, we, we love you. Or we're praying for you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for having me on again. You're the man. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye.